Amen. So the power is in the gospel. Somebody say the power is in the gospel. It says in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. So the power is in the gospel. Say the power is in the gospel. And the power is in the gospel for everyone who believes. Amen. And it's the power of the gospel that is unto salvation. Okay. Now, how many of you know that that gospel message is for everybody? Is there anyone that is disqualified from that gospel message? Is there anybody that's gone too far, that's done too many bad things? No, that's why it's good news, because it doesn't matter how far you've gone. Amen. It's not about what you did. It's not about your report card. It's about his report card. Amen. Okay. Now, here's the fun thing. When you look up what the word salvation means in the Greek, okay, what does salvation mean in the Greek? It comes from the word soteria, which is uh, rooted in the word sozo. It means rescue, safety, physically and morally. It means to deliver. It means health. Somebody say health. It means salvation. It means save, saving, preserve from danger and destruction, keep safe and sound, ensured salvation. Here's what it also means. Cured. Somebody say cured. Somebody say get well. Somebody said made well. Preserved. Recover. Restore. To save a suffering one. And to save one suffering from disease. To restore to health. So we know that this gospel is for everyone. Amen? We know that every person can be saved. Amen? Did you know that every person can be healed? Did you know that that is in Jesus' plan of redemption is healing? Amen? Healing, deliverance, salvation. Okay? Somehow there's, there's a large percentage of the church that has boiled it down to Jesus died on the cross so that you can make it into heaven someday. And we are so thankful for that. That is amazing. But it doesn't just stop there. He came to bring life and life abundantly here on earth. Amen? Jesus didn't come to give us a new moral code of conduct. Amen? He came to die as us so that we could have access to everything that he has access to. Did you know that you are a co-heir with Christ? Did you know that you are a co-heir with Christ for all the blessings of Abraham? Amen? The blessings are about to overtake you. The blessings are about to overtake you. Turn to your neighbor say, the blessings are about to overtake you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're talking about healing today. And I'm really, really, really excited because um, this is a, a first major step. I don't know um, how, to, how else to explain it. We've gone after healing before. We've seen many, many healings, praise God, to, to his glory. Um, but I feel like there is a step that we're taking today into the realm of healing that is like thundering in the spirit. Um, the, the prophecies that have been spoken um, over this church, um, there's prophecies spoken over my life as well. When I was 25, I was called out in a meeting. I was leading worship for 
I was a brand new worship leader and shaking in my boots, you know, scared. And um, this lady called me out and she stood me up. She knew stuff about me that nobody could know. Um, she's like, there's a fork in the road right now and God is calling you into ministry and there's going to be this boiling time. And once that, but boy, was there boiling time. Can I just testify to the boiling? I was like, when is the boiling over? Oh, we're still boiling. Okay. So I went through a boiling season and after that boiling and purification time, then your ministry will be healing, 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 and glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's, it's him. Okay. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> um, that was when I was 25. It wasn't until I was 33 um, that I developed the heart condition that God um, thankfully healed me from. We're going to get into that in a moment. Um, but I didn't even know back then. I'm like, healing ministry, okay, it must be about healing broken hearts and, you know, things like that. I didn't really have a grid for physical healing. That wasn't a, really a thing that I processed. And, um, of course, God knows these things from the beginning, and he knew way before the heart condition even came that that would be a ministry that not only would I need, but one that I would then step into. Um, there's also been many prophecies spoken specifically over this house, over Awaken Life Church, and specifically in this building, um, that this building is going to be a healing center. Um, there's all kinds of prophecy about we're going to be, rather than the testimony wall that we used to have, which we'll still have a testimony wall, but it'll be like wheelchairs and crutches and stuff hung on the walls for God's glory to give testimony to what Jesus did. Okay, now um, it's not lost on me that there's a few people in our church family that are struggling with health issues right now. And this is what the enemy would have us believe. You can't teach on healing until you get all of them healed. Ha, ha, ha. Somebody say ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Actually, what the Lord has been showing me and convicting me is if you want to step into new levels of healing, you need to start teaching on it. Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. Amen. We got to get the word in us. Amen. We got to get the word in us. We got to get his promises in us. We got to know them at the top of our head. Amen. We need to go to a new level corporately. Amen. Now, I want to be really clear. I am not coming after anyone that's struggling in health, and there's probably people that I'm not aware of. This is not about, oh, you don't have enough faith, and we're going to tell you all the things that you're doing wrong and all the little steps and hoops you got to jump through. This is not what this message is about at all. This is about us corporately leveling up because we're fighting the fight with you, because we're praying and believing for complete health, restoration, and healing, and because we need to level up in our understanding of the word so that we can see those things. Amen? This is going to be a healing center. Who's going to be doing the healing? Jesus is going to be doing the healing. Whose hands is he going to use? Ours. I want every hand up in this place. All your hands. You are all qualified. Amen. If you have been bought by the blood of Jesus, if you are born again, then you, you have Christ in you. When you stretch out your hand, it is his hand. Amen. Someone say, he's going to use me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's also not lost on me that someone just came up to me and told me Evan was throwing up and he had to get taken home. I'm like, really? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. That's really interesting. My other son woke up not feeling well this morning. Ha, ha, ha. Somebody say ha, ha, ha. We're stepping in anyway. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Luke 6.18 says, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Somebody say they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. This is talking about Jesus. 
Amen? So we need to get the word in us, okay? We need to uh, come and hear that word of faith. As a church, we want to desire the gifts, amen? I've heard testimonies of churches that um, go after this so much that um, everybody's on board that if somebody uh, falls sick, that, like, people will come down to the church and they'll pray, like, 24-7 until the person gets healed. There's something about that persistence in prayer. I know that a lot of times we go after the instant miracle and the instant healing, and that's something that I got to see in my own heart. Thank you, Jesus. But not everything comes instantly. Sometimes there's this persistence as well. Amen. And so this is why we're leveling up corporately. All right. Somebody say, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This means that the truth that you know is what makes you free. Amen. The truth that you know is what makes you free. We need to have a foundation of healing in God's word so that our faith will be unshakable. We need to get acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ through his word, not through our feelings, not through our feelings, but what the word says that he is, amen? Who the word says he is. We need to continue to feed on his written word and Jesus, the living word, will become more real to us every single day. Amen? Amen. So Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works through love. Faith works through love. So, so often when we come up against challenge and, and different things in life, we're like, we try to muster up faith. And we're just like, oh, I just got to have more faith. And it's like this difficult thing. I feel like I've got to strive or whatever. If you feel like it's hard for you to have faith for something, let's say you're needing breakthrough in your finances or a breakthrough in health in your body. If you're finding it hard to muster up faith, remember that faith works through love. So oftentimes, when you think you have a faith problem, what you actually have is a love problem. If you understood how much Father God loves you, knows every hair on your head, that he sent his only son to die if it were for only you, because he loves you so much. He loves you intimately. He loves you for uniquely who you are. He likes you. Somebody say, he likes me. <laughs> If you understood how much he loved you, it would be so much easier to be like, wow, I have faith that, that he will do that for me. So many people believe that God is able, but it's like, is he going to do that for me is the question, right? But the word says that he's no respecter of persons, amen? So when you see someone that has a testimony, that means that that is what's available for you, Amen. I have a testimony. God healed me instantly of a heart condition that I was bedridden from for months and months and months. Different drugs, different procedures and things like that. Nothing was working. It was really, really difficult. My testimony is not a testimony to how good and pious I am. My testimony is a testimony where I had no faith and someone with faith came and laid hands on me and I got healed. And it's a testimony of the goodness of God. Amen. It's a testimony of his faithfulness and the gospel is true. Amen. So when you see me and you hear my testimony, you need to receive it as a prophecy to yourself because he is no respecter of persons. Amen. So somebody say, I receive that. <laughs> I receive that. Hallelujah. Faith works through love. Know how much he loves you. The word says that as the father loves Jesus, so he loves you. How much does the father love Jesus? Do you think he has affection for Jesus? 
Is there anything that Jesus ever did wrong? Was there ever a disappointment on Father God's face? Amen. How much does Father God love Jesus? God is love. So the most powerful, magnificent, self-sacrificing love you could possibly ever imagine is being poured out on Jesus without uh, withholding anything. That's how much Father God loves Jesus. And the word says, as much as Father God loves Jesus, he loves you. Amen? He loves you. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, you are fully forgiven from everything you have ever done, everything that you are doing, and everything you will ever do. <laughs> I hear a little ping. What? Is that true? That's, that can't be true. Everything I will ever do? Man, otherwise it's like if you get saved, someone better like club you over the head and take you right to heaven because if you mess up after that, then it's over. No. If the blood of bulls and goats could atone for sin for one year in advance, then what does the blood of Jesus do? Amen? When you get born again, you become a new creation. Amen? If you mess up again... You are under a constant fountain of Jesus' blood and his love, and you are constantly being purified. Amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say, I am so loved. I am so forgiven. Wow. God's so good. He's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you know that you already believe more supernaturally than you think you do? like, man, do I believe that I could raise the dead? Did you know that the entry point to Christianity is that you believe that the dead was raised? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Let's take a look at what you actually already believe. Okay. I believe that someone that walked the planet 2,000 years ago had the ability to die on a cross for me to pay for everything I would ever do. And not only did he die for me, he died as me, took all my shame, all my pain, all my sickness, died. But if he just died and that was it, that's not enough. He rose again and brought us to new life with him. Amen. How many of you know you believe in the raising of the dead? That's like entry point, level one Christianity. Amen. Amen. We have a supernatural faith. We have a supernatural faith. And Jesus paid it all. Now, the Bible didn't say that Jesus redeemed us from sin. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay? Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. So what is the curse of the law? Okay? You have to go back and look in Deuteronomy. Okay? And there's some of Deuteronomy that's fantastic if you're obeying the voice of the Lord. And there's some of Deuteronomy that is just downright terrible if you are not obeying the voice of the law. That's a voice of the law, okay? That was the law. That was what we could never fulfill, okay? The law is there to show us a mirror. You can never perform this. And this is why you need a Savior, amen? So when you get born again, you are no longer under the law. You are under grace and under the voice of Holy Spirit. Amen? So under the law, let's read the good stuff. Deuteronomy 28. This is, 
if you are obeying the commandments of, of the, the law, okay? And it shall come to pass, if you listen to the word and do all the commandments, then he'll set you on high above other nations of the earth, and all of these blessings shall overtake you. Somebody say, all these blessings will overtake me. We'll be blessed in the city. We'll be blessed in the field. Blessed will be the fruit of our body. Blessed will be the fruit of the ground that we work. Blessed will be the fruit of our cattle and the increase of our kind and the flocks of our sheep. Blessed will be our basket and our storehouse. Blessed when we come. Blessed when we go. The Lord will cause our enemies that rise up against us to be smitten before our face. That our enemies will come against us one way and flee before us seven different ways. The the Lord will command the blessing on us in our storehouses and all that we set our hands to, and he will bless us in the land that he has given us. The Lord will open up the treasure to us, the heavens, to give us rain on our land in its season and bless all the work of our hands. We shall lend to many nations and not borrow. We will be the head and not the tail. We will be above only and not beneath. Amen. These are the blessings of Deuteronomy. Somebody say, these blessings are going to overtake me. Okay. Here's the curses. <laughs> the curses are basically all of that in the opposite. Cursed will be the ground before you. Cursed will be your womb. Cursed will be everything you put your hand to. Cursed, 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 all these things. Okay? Now, how many of you are so thankful, Galatians 3.13, that Jesus died on the cross to redeem us from the curse of the law? Amen. Somebody say that curse does not belong to me. Okay. So the curse of the law can be boiled down to three major things. The curse of the law meant spiritual death. The curse of the law meant poverty. And the curse of the law meant sickness. That's what it boils down to. And because of Jesus, we are no longer under the curse of the law. So do not read that passage and become fearful. Read that passage and get excited because the blessings have been paid for by Jesus through our inheritance because we're co-heirs with him. Amen? So blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the field. Amen? Everything that you put your hands to will be blessed. Amen? Health. Your health will be blessed. Hallelujah. Someone say, Jesus redeemed me from the curse. Jesus came to bring us life and life abundantly. Amen. John 10.10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to bring life and life abundantly. Okay? Now, let's keep that really, really clear. What does the devil come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. Jesus comes to bring life and life abundantly. Okay? Devil bad, God good, okay? It's funny enough, it's hard for people to keep that straight because there are people that will teach that God will put a sickness on you so that he will teach you a lesson. That God will put a sickness on you or allow you to have a sickness because that will build some character in you, right? If, if Jesus died to redeem you from the curse of the law and to redeem you from sickness, why would he use sickness to teach you a lesson? Amen? He is not the author of sickness. The devil is the author of sickness. Okay? We need to rightly divide what's happening. Okay? He's a good, good, good father. How many of you good, good fathers would put cancer on your kid? 
to teach them a lesson. You are not a better father than your father in heaven. Amen. Somebody say, God good, devil bad. Okay. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Did you know that sickness is referred to as oppression from the devil? It says, when he healed the woman that was bent over for 18 years, he said, I needed to heal her because Satan had bound her these 18 years. He blames Satan for her sickness, okay? Have, have you ever read any passage where Jesus comes up to someone in the Gospels and says, no, I'm sorry, I can't heal you because you didn't learn your lesson yet? Not once. In fact, every scripture that you read about him healing is he healed them all. He healed every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. There is nothing that doesn't qualify under what he came to heal because he came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? But it's, it's really subtle what happens sometimes when we go to pray for somebody. We start to question, is it God's will? Is it God's will for them to come out of this? Because, man, if they haven't learned their lesson yet, then I probably shouldn't pray for them, right? Is it God's will? Was that God's will everywhere Jesus went when he was on the earth? Now, that is one, my one complaint against the Chosen series, which I love. It's awesome. But you cannot misquote Jesus and invent scripture and put words in his mouth that he didn't say. Okay? There was something along the lines of you're sick because God, you know, trusts you with this or, you know, something along those lines, okay? Now, that's, that's where we have to be really careful that we don't invent scripture that doesn't exist. That does not exist in his word. Go read every page. It did not happen. Not in any way, shape, or form. There was not one person that came to him that he didn't heal. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless them, Lord. I'm not trying to curse anybody. I, you know, overall, I think it's great. Uh, we just have to be careful. Amen. Somebody say, God, good, devil, bad. Okay. God did not bind that woman for 18 years. The devil did. Amen. Jesus healed all. We're building a strong foundation right now for renewed minds toward healing. Okay. Healing is your portion. Healing is your portion. Someone say, healing is my portion. <laughs> Hallelujah. If sickness was a curse in the Old Testament, it is not a blessing today. Amen? Hallelujah. Healing is in God's redemption plan. In fact, the Bible says, pray for one another that you may be healed. Amen? It says, if there's anyone sick among you, then ask for the elders to pray. Now, just to be really, really clear, I don't want anyone to feel disqualified. Well, I'm not an elder, okay? If you go back and you study the Greek, when it says anyone sick among you, what it means is, is there anyone sick among you that is beyond helping themselves? It's like they can't get themselves to church. They can't, you know, whatever. So it's not like send the elders every time someone has a hangnail, you know. It's like, it's like no, if someone is beyond helping themselves and they can't make it to church and they can't get with other people to pray, send the elders to go pray. But do not feel disqualified by that because you're not an elder. Amen. The healing doesn't come through the elders and the oil. It comes through the prayer of faith that saves the sick. Amen. 
It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. Amen? So why would God ask us to pray for something that isn't in his will? He says, pray for one another that you would be healed. Amen? He says, if there's anyone sick, not just those who've learned their lesson, right? If there is anyone among you sick, pray for them. Amen? And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Okay? If it's not in his will, why would he say that? If there's a question about what his will is, why would he say that? Amen? Somebody say healing is the will of God. In fact, he calls himself healing. (laughs) He calls himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Amen? Rapha means to heal, to mend, to restore. So Jehovah Rapha means the Lord who restores, the Lord who heals, the Lord who fixes broken things. Amen? He called himself that. That wasn't our idea. Amen? Okay? So let's get some of the word inside of us. Okay, someone just like get ready to receive the word. Just like, what's your appetite? We're going to eat some of the word, okay? Psalm 103, and I'm going to paraphrase, it's verses 2, 3, and 5. says, bless the Lord who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Someone say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 8, 17. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Somebody say hallelujah. Mark 2, 17 says, Jesus is the great physician. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Somebody say, you have been healed. You have been. Past tense. Amen. Jesus, he knows the end from the beginning, right? So he knows when he says, you already have been. You were healed at the cross. Amen. You just don't know it. Okay, now we need to appropriate what he did on the cross the same way we're going to preach the gospel so that people can appropriate the blood and receive the gift. Amen. It's the same thing. We need to receive what it is that he's saying and not be tricked and lied to by the enemy. Amen. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Thank you, Jesus. So we know that God is interested in our physical health as well as our spiritual health. Amen? All right. So what is this issue of faith? Because we know that when we ask and we believe that we have received it, then we shall have it. Amen? So where do we get this believe from? Okay? Um, It's something that we just need to break down really simply. Faith is just acting like the word of God is true. Okay, faith is acting like the word of God is true. Simple, amen? Now, for those of you that are familiar with the two trees message, okay, we don't come over here in our own self-effort, 
and say, I'm going to try and muster up the faith and, oh, Lord, I just like, I'm going to rack my brain and I'm going to feel bad for every doubt that I've had and I'm going to try and work up faith and striving and stuff. Wrong tree, okay? This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We don't want to process anything from this tree. We cannot get closer to God from this tree. We can't get healed on this tree. We can't access the fruit of the Spirit on this tree. Amen? Faith is over here. When you connect with Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, he is the tree of life, and we connect with him, and we connect with Holy Spirit, we have access to the gifts of the Spirit, one of which is faith. Amen? If you are feeling like you lack the faith, ask him for the faith. Come and connect with him. Come into intimacy. God, I'm scared. God, I need you. God, like, I need you to teach me. I need to understand more about this. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Ask him. Amen. Faith comes by his grace. Amen. Amen. And he will give you a gift of faith. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Faith is acting like the word of God is true. Amen. Okay. So Proverbs 420 through 22 says, my son, give attention to my words. Somebody say, give attention. Incline your ear to my saying. Someone say, incline your ear. <laughs> incline your ear. Do not let them depart from your sight. Say, don't let them depart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Someone say, keep them. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Okay? That's the word of God. Amen? The word of God. Man, give attention to the word. Incline your ear to his word. Don't let his word depart from your sight. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Keep it right at the center of your heart, okay? Because it's life to those who find them, and it's health to all of their body, okay? Now, when you say you're going to incline your ear towards his word, what you're also saying is, I am inclining away from anything else that is saying the opposite, amen? I'm going to incline towards his truth and away from the things that are not truth, amen? All right, he says, keep them in the midst of your heart. What does that mean? That healing starts in your heart and in your spirit. Amen. Someone say, healing starts in my spirit. How does salvation start? In our heart, in our spirit. If you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Amen. Okay. For with the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made. So this abundant life of Jesus comes first to our heart and to our spirit. So what does that mean? That means it's a mistake to look at your body before you will believe that you are healed. It's a mistake to look at your body to get your beliefs about whether you are healed or not. Amen? Because it's going to be something you receive in your spirit first. Amen? It starts in your spirit. God heals you through your spirit in fact, God is spirit, okay? He says, my words are health to all their flesh. He says, keep them. He says, hold fast to them. And Revelations 2.25 says, nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. Someone say, hold fast. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So again, hold fast. Someone say, hold fast. Okay? He who promised is faithful. Okay? Now, why does he say, hold fast to what you've laid hold of? Why does he say, keep it? Okay? If I handed Angela a rope and I said, hold fast to this rope, 
what can you anticipate is going to happen? Why would I say hold fast? Because <laughs> someone's going to try and jerk it away from you. Amen? Hold fast to the word. Hold fast no matter what. Why? Because you are in a war with the devil who hates you. Amen? He is constantly lying. He is constantly trying to deceive you out of your healing. He's trying to deceive you out of life. In fact, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. Amen? That's why it's not enough to just go and pray for the sick. We have to disciple people because they have to understand now how to hold on to the word. Amen? It's not just about, oh, I'm just going to heal people and they're going to go off on their way and now they don't even know Jesus and does this make sense? Because the enemy is going to come against them. Amen? Hallelujah. Someone say, hold fast. Hold fast. You want to resist sickness the same way you resist temptation. Amen? We know the word says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, so if uh, I went over to Angie's house and she left a $20 bill sitting on the table and she went over to the bathroom, that's a $100 bill? Is that more tempting? Okay, that's a $100 bill. <laughs> a 20 you might not miss a 20. We'll go back to the 20. She left a 20 sitting on the table and it's like she doesn't even know it's there. She goes to the bathroom and the enemy's like, why don't you just grab that $20 bill, right? What are we going to do? Just like, devil, get away from me. Like, uh, no, I'm going to resist you, and then he's going to flee, right? In the same way, when you get a pain in your body, when it's like, oh, that symptom returned. I got healed of that thing, but that symptom returned, okay? The enemy will give you symptoms and things, and you want to resist. Does this make sense? Resist it. And what I'm saying is resist in the spirit, Okay? This is not a message about I'm going to avoid doctors, I'm going to ignore my body, I'm going to treat my body like junk, and I'm just going to do whatever and just pray that God's going to... No, <laughs> that's not what this is about. But when the enemy comes and brings a symptom to you, you have a choice to receive it and say, oh man, I guess God didn't heal me. Or you can say, uh, no devil. Amen? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. So fear, I resist you. Doubt, I resist you. Unbelief, I resist you. Amen. Um, the word flee um, means to run from as in terror. So if you resist the devil, he will run away from you as in terror. Did you know that the enemy is afraid of you, especially when you know the word? And you know the authority that you have over him. Did you know that he has no authority over you? He has no power over you. You've been given all power and authority over the enemy, except through lying to you and you believing his lie. Amen? Terror is extreme fear. Did you know that you can put the devil on the run by resisting him? Amen? Amen. The Bible is true. The Bible is God speaking to you. Amen. He didn't say get a pastor to resist the enemy for you. He didn't say get brother, sister, so-and-so to resist the enemy for you. He says resist the devil and he will run from you in terror. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to share my testimony. I've shared it um, a few times here. Um, so basically what happened, what happened was is I was 33 and I was leading worship at another church. I've been leading worship for many, many years at that point. And um, suddenly, I was lifting my hands in worship and singing, and my heart just started rapidly beating so much so that I felt like I was going to pass out. So I went backstage, I sat down, people were crowded around me, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm passing out. And the more people checked on me, the worse it got, and it just like wouldn't calm down. And then all of a sudden, it was like, and that was my heartbeat. Um, and then it became uh, extremely irregular all the time. Um, it got worse and worse and worse and worse until um, I could no longer walk through a grocery store. I had to ride a scooter. Eventually, I couldn't ride the scooter anymore. Um, I had ladies from the church coming and doing our laundry and cooking meals and stuff because I couldn't take care. My two teenage boys were toddlers at the time, both in diapers. I couldn't change diapers. I was bedridden. Eventually, it got so bad that I couldn't even lift my head up off the pillow that was enough to send my heart into that rapid rhythm where I felt like I was going to pass out. So I had to see a cardiologist uh, weekly at that point. Um, they tried all kinds of different drugs. They tried blood pressure stuff to try to get my heart under control, but my blood pressure was already low. So I would start to pass out. They tried beta blockers and all these things that you don't want to be on when you're 33 years old. Um, they put me on stuff that made me feel like I couldn't um, spell anymore. And um, that was becoming more and more of a problem for me. And uh, finally, um, the prognosis this was terrible. They're like, you're at risk for stroke and heart failure and heart enlargement, heart attack, atrial fibrillation, all the words on ER that you never want to hear about yourself. Um, it was horrible, horrible prognosis. And um, basically, they're like, you need to have this um, procedure done. Um, if you do the procedure, there's a 70% chance that nothing's going to happen for you at all. There's a 30% chance that you'll need a pacemaker for the rest of your life after the operation. Um, but there's really nothing else we can do for you. And if you don't do this, we're going to have to sign off that you're, you know, ignoring medical advice and we're going to have to write you off. It was really, really horrible. Um, completely hopeless. Um, can't get out of bed. Um, my face was gaunt all the time. I would have shooting pains down my left arm all the time, tightness in my chest all the time. I would wake up unable able to breathe, um, just completely, just felt completely oppressed and, and couldn't move. I started taking pictures and video uh, of myself with my toddlers thinking like they're not going to remember me. Um, and I wanted them to at least kind of see my personality and, and things like that. Um, very, very hopeless situation. And um, finally, someone uh, scheduled for a lay pastor in our church at the time that moved in healing and believed for that, um, for him to come to our house and pray for me. And I was like, no, he's too busy. I had no faith. I was just like, nope, he's too busy. Don't, you know, it's going to be hard for me to even sit in a chair. Like, my heart's going to be freaking out. And um, they're like, no, he's coming. And so I'm like, all right, thank, thank you, Jesus, for my pushy friend. And, um, and so I had to, you know, get myself out on the couch. I had 911 dialed on my phone because it was literally hard for me to just sit up in a chair. And um, he started in with some words of knowledge that he couldn't have known and, um, and started talking about spiritual warfare, which I knew nothing of. And um, when he prayed and laid his hand on my head, instantly my heart beat normally for the first time in months and months and months and months. And so he's like, okay, it's, it, this happens when you exert yourself, try to stand up. So I stood up, my heart did a little flippy thing for a second, he laid his hand again, and instantly my heart beat normally again. And I was up doing dishes that night, I was cleaning the house, completely healed of that heart condition. I like couldn't believe it. It was 
absolutely amazing. I called my parents. I remember calling my mom and she's like, Joy, I don't know. Like, be careful. You know, it's like none of us had a grid. We're like, what the heck? You know, I'm like, I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, but I don't think I need to go. You know, like my heart was like, fine. Um, and so this is, this is the part that I don't get into um, very often. So that healing lasted for about one week, complete, like zero episodes with my heart at all. Um, I made it one week. I got up to lead worship for the first time in months and months and months. And I started leading worship. I remember it was shout to the Lord that I was singing. And that was when my heart did the little flippy thing again. And now, what do you think the enemy whispered in my ear? It's back. You're not healed. You imagined it. See, it didn't work, right? And now at that moment is when you have a rope in front of you and you get to choose, am I going to hold fast? Or am I going to let the enemy jerk this away from me? Amen? Am I going to hold fast? Am I going to resist him so that he runs away from me in terror? Or am I going to partner with fear and doubt and start confessing with my mouth, I guess I'm not healed? Amen? There was two separate times that the enemy tried to rip that healing away from me. And it was, it was that time um, he came after me. And um, that, I would say at that point, I still had 80% of my healing, but he started activating my heart to do that probably about six times a day at that point. At least it was manageable. I was able to walk around the grocery store. I would just have to pause and like crouch down if my heart did the thing. Still not good for you or whatever. And, um, and it was kind of unpredictable when it would happen. And um, this was the moment where rather than resting on someone else's faith to get me healed, was when the Lord raised me up in my own level of authority in Christ so that I could hold fast to his word and not cry to someone else and say, pray for me again, pray for me again, pray for me again. Does this make sense? And so that was a time, and uh, Jill Arnold actually walked with me really closely through that time. And I remember there was a moment um, when I was asked to lead worship for a healing crusade. And um, I had actually had a dream from the enemy and in the dream from the enemy, I saw this theater and this, like, black grand piano. And I went to sit at the grand piano, and I went to play in worship. And it's like I forgot how to play. My voice wouldn't squeak out. And in the dream, I said, wow, Holy Spirit's not with me. Right? Now, how many of you know, oh, the devil's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. So I had that dream. And then I got asked to lead worship for a healing crusade at an Orpheum theater down in Phoenix. Now, guess what happened when I walked into that theater? Black grand piano for me to sit at, the exact stage. How many of you know that the devil and his cohorts, they can walk around and they know what plans are going on. They know that my name was whispered for this thing. He doesn't know the future. Amen? He's just pulling a little trick, okay? And so I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know if I should say yes to this. I had a dream that Holy Spirit wasn't with me. Okay? Now, how many of you know if you're in your word and you know the word, you know Holy Spirit's always with you? <laughs> Amen? We know that that's a dream from the enemy because Holy Spirit wouldn't give you a dream like that. Guess what? I'm just not going to show up. Right? That is not his voice. But I didn't know that at that time. Right? 
I was just like, oh, I don't know what to make of this. It looks just like the dream. And so, uh, you know, believing in faith, I felt like I heard from the Lord, no, you're supposed to do this, okay? And so I went, and I'm backstage, and there's this other, you know, worship band playing or whatever, and I'm next, and my heart is all over the place. It's all I can do just to sit in a chair. And I'm like, Jesus, if I get out there and I go sit at the piano and I have to lay down, or if I pass out, this is going to look really bad for the healing conference. I'm like, Lord, help me, right? And I'm just backstage, just like, Jesus, my heart is doing the thing. I need you, right? And I'm just like, I, I, I can't remember. I, you might have been backstage with me, Jill. I remember someone was backstage and prayed with me, yeah. And um, so prayed with me. I walked out on stage with my heart doing the thing. I sat down. My heart stopped doing the thing. And I, 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 it's still indescribable to this moment. I started playing something with my fingers that I don't even know how to play. And my voice shot out in this new song. And I'm like, I hope my fingers know the, the chords to this song. And Holy Spirit was more with me in that moment. That was probably one of the most powerful worship experiences I've ever felt where he was so with me and my heart didn't do the thing during that worship time. And I remember Jill came up to me and I felt it too. It was like in this moment was when I received the full healing, okay? Now the fullness of the manifestation wasn't there yet, but it doesn't matter because I believed and I received it in my spirit. I know that I am healed as of today because I resisted the enemy and he had to flee. Now, symptoms persisted past that point, but from that point was when I would take the word and I waged warfare, and I'm like, enemy, you get away from me. In the middle of the night, Daniel and I, we would wake up, and he'd start reading scripture over me, and we're just like, nope. At that point was when the enemy really reared his ugly head, and I would feel demons sitting on my chest trying to choke me out. When the enemy starts revealing himself is when you know the jig is up. Amen? Because he's trying every last ditch effort to get you to back down. Amen? But God says, hold fast. Someone say, hold fast. Amen? The symptoms did not gradually get better. I remember within a couple weeks of my, the fullness of the healing, I remember calling Jill saying, I can't breathe, Jill. I need you to pray for me. I, I, I have shooting pains down my left arm. Jill, pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> right? And she would, she would pray for me. The symptom would go away. All of a sudden, one day, there was no, no heart issue. And I was like, whoa, I went an entire day without a single episode. And then day two, and then day three, and then I stopped counting after 30 days. Because I'm like, okay, I'm healed, and I don't need to keep track anymore. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you that there's, there's a moment for many people, um, and it's awesome, and we believe for healing. Now, I do not want to build your faith of, oh, gosh, I could lose my healing. That is not my goal, okay? Um, my goal is that we need to build a foundation of the word so that you know how to war from the word when the enemy's after you. Amen? Hallelujah. There was one other time that the enemy tried to rip that healing away from me, and uh, Pastor Daniel shared it last week. Um, there was a woman, she wasn't super happy with me for whatever reason, and she came up to me just like, I need to pray for you. And she's like, yeah, I just really feel like the enemy wants to put that heart thing back on you again. And da 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 And, like, and that, that was a moment, again, <laughs> where it's like you learn, you know, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, man. And I suddenly went into fear and panic. Um, I received the word. 
And I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. And I remember from the moment he spoke that word, we, it wasn't long after we got in the car. And I remember sitting in the car, and I felt like, almost like my spirit was sinking into my chair. And it's like this oppression came on me, and I started in this, like, fear panic thing. And so we called up somebody. They prayed and broke it off. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Again, hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. We don't have to prophesy the words of the enemy. He always wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. We want to prophesy what, what the word is saying, what God is saying. Amen. Someone say, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Um, someone say, consider not. Romans 4, 19 to 21 says, and being not weak in faith, he, Abraham, considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Someone say fully persuaded. That what he had promised, he was able to perform. Amen. So consider not. Don't look at your body to decide if you want to believe that you're healed or not. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we believe, and then we see it. Amen? Hallelujah. So consider not your body. Um, instead, consider him. Someone say, consider him. Hebrews 3.1 says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're going to not consider our body. We're going to consider him. Now, it says in Proverbs 4.22, do not let these words depart from your eyes. So what do you see? Do you see the body of Jesus stricken and afflicted with your sickness on his body? Amen. Don't let that depart from your eyes. Amen. Do you see him paying for it all? Do you esteem him as stricken? Amen. Do you see it? Do you see? That's, that's my sickness on his body. It's actually not fair for me to carry the sickness that he already carried. Amen. And stand up in the spirit. My words are life and health to those who find them is what Jesus says. It says that he sent his word and healed them. Did you know that you have the healer inside of you? Someone say the healer is in me. Thank you, Jesus. And these signs shall follow the apostles. And these signs shall follow the prophets. And these signs shall follow the evangelists. And these signs shall follow the pastors. And these signs shall follow the teachers. No, and these signs shall follow those who believe. Amen. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Thank you, Jesus. So when are you going to believe that you're healed? Some people will say, when I see it and feel it in my body. And I'm going to tell you that that's when you know that you're healed. But when are you going to believe that you're healed? Amen. And when are you going to war against the enemy? Amen. 
And I know many of you that are struggling with health issues, I know you're warring, okay? And like, and you not seeing the full manifestation, uh, there is no one up here like condemning you or whatever. I'm trying to raise us corporately up into a level of faith and belief that anyone coming to pray with you is not going to open their mouth unless it's with full belief in God's raising you up. Amen. We're going after this corporately. Amen. So this is not a, oh gosh, you just got a message. It's not. It's just like we all need to rise up to this level. Amen. We need to decide when we're going to believe. Okay. So I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe. And I believe the word. Amen. I believe according to the word that I'm healed. I believe according to the word that I'm victorious. I believe all the promises in him are yes and in him. Amen. To the glory of Jesus. Amen. So let's make these confessions together. Just repeat after me. Christ is the living word. Christ is the healer. (laughs) It is written. He sent his word and healed them. Christ the healer is in me. He is in me. He's working in me. I have the healer in me. I consider him. I believe he is there. I believe he's working in me. He is healing me. Hallelujah. 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 So Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, that your word is true. I thank you, Father, Lord, that it's it's not this big, huge thing that we need to do, Lord, to muster up faith, Lord, but we can just lean on you, lean on your word and your promises that are yes and amen, and just act like your word is true. Jesus, I pray that you would uh, raise us up corporately in our level of faith, Lord Jesus, that we wouldn't go and pray for someone and even have an inkling in the back of our mind thinking, well, is this God's will or is it not? God, I pray that you would give us full conviction to be fully persuaded of your gospel, Lord, everywhere we go, that when we see someone sick, when we see someone uh, with injuries and, and oppressed of the enemy, Lord, that we would know, Father, that you're sending us, Lord Jesus, and that we would have faith in you, Lord, that we wouldn't navel gaze at whether we're worthy to heal someone, but that we would look at you and your word that says that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover because of what you did on the cross for us, Lord. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory. And right now, let's just all uh, raise our faith together. And we're going to start praying for all of those that are struggling with health challenges right now. Just begin to pray in the spirit as the Lord gives you utterance right now. We pray right now for all those struggling with health, and we just declare right now, you are healed in Jesus' name. We heal cancer right now in Jesus' name. We command every tumor to shrink right now in the name of Jesus. We heal every blood disease right now in the name of Jesus. We reach up and we just say, power of God, you flow through the gospel, and you bring the good news to every cell in every body right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to 
injuries be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to liver issues be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to disorders and weaknesses and feebleness right now be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to diabetes be healed in Jesus' name. Heart issues be healed in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Lord. And we just come against every negative report that has been spoken, every symptom that the enemy has brought. And we just say, you're a liar in Jesus' name. I thank you that the word of God is a higher truth. And we just believe right now that your word is true, that you are healing bodies right now in Jesus' name. You are strengthening bodies, and we just give you all the glory. And I heal stomach issues right now. Every stomach issue, be healed in Jesus' name. Autoimmune, be healed in Jesus' name. Hormone issues, be healed in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for it, God. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen.